0: Amen. Welcome, everyone, to St. Paul's. I'm glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. I'm going to pass out some uh, sign-up clipboards, one uh, for altar flowers. Uh, As you can see, we oftentimes will have the altar decorated, and if there is a certain date that is still available uh, that you would like to sign up for, this goes all the way to the end of next year. So, if you know of something coming up like a special anniversary or a birthday uh and the, and the date's not already taken uh feel free to sign up for that and then you can come and decorate to your heart's content uh the other one is for magic sign-up sheets uh for snacks um and the, the instructions are there and it's just the dates and if you would like to uh to support that uh you can sign up for that i'm gonna uh I'm going to start all the way over here by the clock. So just to let you know, it should end with Michelle. Make sure it gets to Michelle, okay? That's, that's the, the, the last person. In our first service, it's a little harder because it'll start it over here, but it'll never make it to the overflow area. Or if we start it in the overflow area, it never makes it over here. So it, it just dies in the middle somewhere, and I don't know why. Um, it's probably Danny Kester going, what's this for? And he sits it down. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not him. Um, do we have any other announcements that we need to share today? We're going to have some caroling at 1 o'clock if you're interested in joining us for that. I don't know exactly who's in charge of that. It may be me. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see who shows up. Um, that is really all I have as far as announcements are concerned. Do you have any announcements you'd like to share? Mm-hmm. Yes, Sue? They're going to have the uh, for Dora Marie today. Oh, yeah. Do you know when that is? And that's one to 4. One to four? At Okay. The At the community center. I 1 to I 4. I think it's 12 to 4. No. Well. well. If you show up at 2, you'll still make it. <laughs> um, and that's at the community center, you say, for Dora Marie's birthday. All right. Um, anything else? All right. Well, would you pray with me as we prepare our hearts for worship this morning? God, we do thank you for your love for us. We know that we uh, are on your mind, that the, the attention of heaven is on us and, and the reason we know that is because you loved us so much that you sent your son uh, not just to be with us as we're about to celebrate his coming, his first advent uh, with us, but he came to, to die for us. He came to give up his life for us. And so that's the proof that you love us and that the focus of heaven is on us and that boggles our minds we do not deserve it we have not earned it but lord help us to receive it give us the grace to come and be with you to be open to you and and allow you to move in our hearts and help us to fall a little more in love with you who first loved us and then help us to fall a little more in love with one another and then in turn help us to To fall a little more in love with those who are outside of this covenant relationship with you, that they might find their hope and their peace in Christ alone. And now we pray in the way that you taught us to pray, not just the words that you taught us to pray, God, but the way that you taught us to pray as it starts talking about family and it starts talking about the will of God being done here on earth. And now that needs to be our heart's desire. And so we pray now in the way that you taught your disciples to pray as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, would you stand with me as we will sing our processional hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We will do verses 1, 2, and 4. Hold up, wait a minute. Samuel Bentham is here. And he has a very special guest with him. <laughs> Who's that beautiful young lady with you, Sam? That's his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. We're glad you could worship with us this morning. Let's sing O come, O come, Emmanuel. Oh. I love that song, it it fits uh, perfectly with our theme today, which is uh, last week we lit the candle of uh, promise, and this week we're going to light the candle of expectancy, Oh come, O come, Uh, uh, Emmanuel, and it's that, that longing in our hearts for the promise of God to be fulfilled. It's beautiful. Uh, As far as celebrations, though, do we have any birthdays to celebrate today? Any birthdays? None? All right, that's cool, I guess. What about anniversaries? Nothing. Wow. I don't know what to do now, because it's in the bulletin. We would love to celebrate your birthday or anniversary today. Hmm. Oh the next sentence is we also invite you to share your good news with us. What good news do you have? Anything good going on in your life? I know it's not your birthday and I know it's not your anniversary, but is there anything good going on in your life that you can share with us? The ones you like. <laughs> <laughs> just just came back to tease us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to see you. Uh, yes, in the most kind and sensitive way. I did. No, I stopped the whole service and said, hold up, hold up, Samuel Bentham's here. And... Uh, Yeah, and that doesn't mean that you won't see him again. He may well pop up some Sunday morning because that's just how Sam rolls. Um, but that'll be good, you know. And it was it was so fun. Uh, I've told this story, but it just every time I see you and or think of you, I think of this when uh, I had the, everybody came in for the wedding. They all, of course stand when the bride walks in, and I never told them to sit back down and. <laughs> they stayed four ago. they stayed up <laughs> yeah they've been standing for four months now. no they've, they, they stood until finally during communion somebody had the guts to say I don't care if he tells us to sit down or not I'm sitting down and I just I, I'm just paying attention to Sam and Nana I, I really wasn't looking at them and if I had I would have been like oh no and it was the, I, the as soon as I looked out there and I saw them still standing I'm like why are they still oh I never told them to sit down you know but oh well we can't all get it right every single time but it is good to see it is good to see you here and you I'm glad that you're worshiping with us today um, anything else you want to share any other good news well let's let's stand and let's mingle with one another greet one another in the name of the Lord say hi to somebody and let them know that Jesus loves them No, I don't
1: don't want to listen listen to it unless Dennis is singing it. So I thought, all right, okay." okay.
0: the chimes. I've said it a hundred times, but I like to hear that everybody knows. Why do we ring it three times? Because three crosses, crosses, yes. Points to Jesus, right? Uh, Three. Whenever you hear the number three, you always think of Jesus. But uh, traditionally, we ring it three times because after the third day, he rose from the dead. And uh, that this This cross was not the end of the story. This crack over here is just the beginning of the story. Ultimately, he raises from the dead. And because of that, we get to participate in that life with Christ. And that's a good thing. And who is it that afforded all of that for us? It's Jesus, right? He did it all. We didn't do a stitch of it. We just put our hope in it. We just said, thank you. And that is why we pause in our worship services to take our offering. Uh, I, I have to clarify that so many times. I think not just for you, but for myself, that when we give in an offering, this is not paying Jesus back for the cross. <laughs> you know, because that's that's offensive. <laughs> like like you could ever have enough money to do that anyway. And it's not even about money. It's uh, what is he asking you to give. How is he asking you to respond? This is just but one way that we worship is through giving of finances. But maybe he's asking you to pray more. Maybe he's asking you to serve more. Maybe he's asking you to go visit that person that you've just been putting it off. Maybe he's asking you to lay something down, something you've been carrying and hanging on to that you shouldn't. And that could be your response in worship. And so as we pray, Uh, before the offering, you put your hearts before the Lord and ask him to search and say, God, what is it, how am I supposed to worship you in this moment? So as the plate goes by, maybe you're not putting money in, but maybe you're just saying, God, I'm going to respond to you in obedience. And then you put your hand over that plate and you give him whatever it is he's asking you to give. Okay? So, Paul, you want to come on forward and then we will ask a blessing over this offering. God, we we pause now and we we want to we want to condition our hearts in such a way in this moment that it is all about you. Yes, we're responding to you, but God get our minds and our hearts off of ourselves and onto you. Help us to see you. Because when we're looking at you, it changes everything. It changes who we are. It gives us hope, it gives us courage, it gives us direction. And so, God, as we give these gifts to you, we ask that you would, in your mercy and in your grace, receive them as worship. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, let's stand together. Let's sing our doxology.
1: Praise God, from whom all blessings fall. Praise Him, all creatures. He-
0: Fancy Latin term, Adventum Lux, meaning coming light. And this is the season of Advent. Uh, I asked the children in the children's sermon this morning what, what season we're in. Oh, we got some good answers. Winter um, was the, the, the first answer. Uh, and they, they said holiday season, shopping season. Uh, they had all of the things that actually come to our minds, right? Uh, then we talked about Advent, the season of Advent, which is not Christmas. Christmas is on the 25th, right? And Advent is, is that time of, of preparation for the coming of the expected Savior, the promised Savior. And last week, we lit the candle of promise. You know, we, uh, we read through all of the scriptures that the Messiah, the the song that we sang first, uh, "O come, O come, Emmanuel," was full of references to Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming Messiah, <clears throat> that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be born of a virgin. Right? And we we heard all of these stories, and Israel heard all of those stories too, and they were very excited about it. Um, and but there's this subtle, and it's. And it's so subtle that you might even think I'm gagging at a gnat here. But there's a difference between expectation, which is the next candle, and anticipation. And anticipation doesn't seem like a bad thing, right? To build anticipation. But it's, it's really, anticipation is about our control. If I'm trying to anticipate what my wife is going to do, why am I trying to anticipate it? so that I can manage the situation, so that I can rein it in, so that I can be the one who actually makes happen what I want to happen. That's the only purpose for anticipation, okay? Uh, But expectation doesn't require your understanding. (laughs) Doesn't require you to know exactly how it's gonna happen. Doesn't require you to know exactly when It's going to happen, right? And Israel did such a great job of anticipating the Messiah that when he actually showed up, they missed it, right? They missed the boat because they were expecting this man on a white horse with a sword for the Romans who would set up this earthly kingdom. But what they got was a baby born in Bethlehem, right? Humble. And without means, the last thing you would expect God to do was send baby Jesus, right? And so this expectancy is not about trying to figure out what God's going to do. It's just taking him at his word. He is going to do something. The Messiah is coming. Jesus is coming. And we're going to talk about that later in the in the service today that as we're developing these These hearts of expectancy, it's not about finding him where we think he should be. It's about expecting him to show up in the least likely of places. And so we pause to light the candle of expectancy. Would you say a a prayer with me? God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your promise of Jesus Christ. Your faithfulness to your word that if you say something is going to happen, then we can bank on it. We can count on it. And your promises are true and trustworthy. And God, what we're asking for today as we we light these candles, the candle of promise and the candle of expectancy, is the same prayer. Give us the grace to take you at your word, to trust you, trust your goodness, to trust your plan for us, to abandon ourselves to you, to find all of our hope, all of our hope, in Christ alone and we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well as we continue in a spirit of prayer let's uh, turn our hearts toward the prayers of the people and I'll remind you to pay attention to those things that are listed uh, in the bulletin. Uh, in particular down there near the bottom Matt Wilkinson. Be praying for him. Uh, Jessica Shank, Helen Schwarzkopf is in the hospital. She has been for a few days. Uh, she's getting better, but she's been having it. She has COPD, and she's had a hard time breathing lately. Um, some of that's probably the weather. Uh, but she is uh, She's getting better, and she hopes to come home this week sometime. Uh, she'd like to be home now, obviously. Uh, but she, is, she does uh, say she feels better, and she feels stronger than she was when she went in. Uh, but be praying for her, um, and then also, there was another one from this morning that I thought that, oh, uh, Patrick, our dear, uh, in the first service, he sits back here and plays the guitar for us, uh, our lay leader, Patrick Davis, um, and you, some of you know the story or remember the story where he was diagnosed with cancer, and, and then he went back for the scan, and it was completely gone, it's completely clean, and he's been in remission, well, he goes in for a scan tomorrow, It's a regular kind of update scan, Uh, but he has asked specifically for our prayers, uh, that it would be a good report, uh, and that God will uh, continue to to pour his healing presence into Patrick's life. Uh, So let's be praying for Patrick. Do we have any other requests that we need to bring before the Lord this morning? Anything else going on you want us to pray about? It's like a ghost town after a gunfight. It's just whoosh, mm-hmm. hear the wind. He Continue
1: to pray for yeah. Mark Sellers. He had ankle surgery this week, which was successful, but he's looking at six months recovery rehab
0: okay. replacement surgery. All right, we'll do. And um <coughs> speaking of Marks, let's add Mark Seibert to our prayers had uh, surgery on Saturday uh, for his hip. Uh, still has more surgery to come uh, in the next weeks ahead uh, for his back. He's got a lot of issues he's dealing with. But surgery went well, and he's already had some rehab, and he said that went pretty good too. wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be. So that's good, but keep Mark Seibert in your prayers. Uh, he's a tough, tough man, uh, but even the tough have trouble sometimes. Anything else? All right, well, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's lift these things up. God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. And this is uh, that time in which we we stop and we, um, in essence, we climb into your arms and we we make our petitions be known. And it's in the context of that relationship, God, Not, not because we're worthy, Not because we have uh, done well enough for you to hear our prayers, but because you are anxious to hear our prayers. That it's in your mercy and your grace that that we can approach your throne uh, with the confidence of children. That we can bring these things before you. And we have friends and neighbors who uh, are having trouble. And so we lift them up to you. We pray for healing. We pray for good reports from the hospitals. We pray for uh, your sustaining hand for folks who are wrestling with certain decisions and things that they have to do. Now, there's so many different situations is that, that it, it boggles our mind to even think about how to help everyone. But you are there. And so, God, we pray two things. One, that your presence would be so manifest to them that they would feel that you are there, that they would know that you love them, that you care for them, that you're upholding them with your strong and mighty right hand. But also, God, we ask that you would uh, encourage us and lead us, guide us. How is it that we can get involved? How is it that we uh, can be your hands and feet and, and then give us the grace then to obey And to go and visit that person or to go and pray for that one or just to go and love someone. And so God, we ask all of these things in the name of our Lord and our Savior in his mighty and good name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got another song to sing. It's interesting that and you, know, you know how I talk about the, the, the waltz that we dance with God, where God moves toward us and we move toward him, and, and we're learning to dance. And just like any kid would dance with their father, <laughs> you're going to step on his toes a lot, right? But he's okay with that. He just loves the fact that you're dancing with him. And our first song was what? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And what's the next song? Oh, come, all ye faithful. So he's come to us, Now it's our turn to come to him. So let's sing the song. Stand if you are able and dance with your father. Oh, come, let us adore him. And we've been talking about, um, well, we just started this lesson on Wednesday nights about the spiritual disciplines, And, and one of the things we talked about was, what does worship mean? And worship means to ascribe worth, you know, but another great word for that is just to come and adore, to adore him. That's really what worship is. You know, so worship is not just a liturgy that we do. It's ha- any way that we respond to God. This is how you show Him: I adore You, I love You, and uh, and so this this dance that we do with God is just a, a good thing. Our our text this morning that I want to really, uh, I, I it's one it's one little section, and it's not a traditional Christmas scripture. You're not used to hearing this one during Advent. Um, But I wanna sort of set a theme for what we're gonna talk about and sort of uh, prime our hearts, if you will, so that we might receive what God has for us today. That it's like listening to a radio. My truck radio is not the best radio and I can hit that scan button and it'll just go like static after static after static after static after static. I'm like, it's supposed to be seeking a good station for me. But I'm like, so I have to actually use the, the dial, and, and then all of a sudden it comes in, right? And so I have to work at tuning my radio to receive the messages that are being broadcast. And sometimes we have to work at tuning our hearts to receive what God has for us as well. And so that's my hope for the scripture, that it would sort of tune our hearts to be able to hear what God has to say to us today. And it reads like this. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, we, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me, and that is the word of God for the people of God, A couple bold ones there, that was really good, Here, let's try it again, the word of God for the people of God. God, see my wife cautioned me, she said, if you keep telling them when to say it, they'll never learn to say it on their own, and so I didn't say it, <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> We do thank you, God, for your word. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? When I, uh, Rachel and I, we, we served in England uh, for about it was nine months, right? Um, as missionaries with Youth for Christ. And we worked alongside this guy named Nigel Roberts. He was just very British in every way. Um, and uh, he played this game when we would go into the high schools and start these little clubs, he played this game called what's in the bag. And he was so bold with that game. And he would have four or five bags that he'd come in with brown paper bags like this one here on the altar. And in the bags, he would have something different every day. Uh, One time he had in there a raw fish, uh, a beef liver, you know, And the kids get to put their hand in the bag and feel and see if they can guess what it is, right? And and this one time I put my hand in there and I thought for sure, oh, those are grapes. I'm not going to tell you what they were. (laughs) But what's in the bag when you see, and for me especially, whenever I see a brown paper bag and somebody says, guess what's in this? I'm always thinking of Nigel and his gross things that he would have in the bag. I'm not thinking that there's going to be anything exciting in there. At best, maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? A brown bag lunch. You know, if somebody says, hey, we're going to have a brown bag lunch, you don't go,
1: ooh, yummy for the tummy. You
0: know, if somebody says, we're going to have a brown bag lunch, we're like, all right, I'll bring my own, right? (laughs) I'll bring my own. And, And so there's this brown bag up here. At some point in the service, I'm going to show you what's inside. If I don't. Remind me, okay? Uh, but remember we talked about uh, Jesus uh, was promised. That's that first candle, the, the candle of promise. And uh, Israel was expecting a certain kind of Messiah. They had their idea. And, and it was based on their interpretations of these prophecies. And really, they got pretty close. They had the time, pretty close. And, and the, the thing about Jesus coming on a white horse with a sword we still believe that's gonna happen someday, you know, the, in his second advent, and, and that he is going to establish that earthly kingdom. Uh, when heaven, that new city comes down uh, and, and makes all things new, a new heaven and a new earth, and, and it's gonna be great, um, but they thought it was really focused on them and what they were going through at that time, that he was gonna come and he was gonna, the sword was for the Romans, the Roman Empire, uh, was going to hear it from God because they'd been mean to Israel. And we also oftentimes expect Jesus to come in the way that we expect him to come. We want a savior on our own terms. But instead of, as we well know, God sends His Son in different ways than we expect. He sent his son in a different way than Israel expected. Uh, instead of the man on the horse with a sword, he sent a baby in a stable, born to a woman with probably a bad reputation because remember we talked about she had that cockamamie story about how she was with child from the Holy Spirit. That sounds like a made up story for somebody from somebody who's desperate, right? And I'm sure the people around her thought, uh-huh, yeah, good story. You should have come up with a better one. And they, they had made their own opinions of what kind of girl this Mary was humble poor and probably an outcast and the task for us is to expect Jesus then uh, if we learn from the story at all we should expect Jesus to show up in the least likely of places in the least likely of manners and the least likely of people and we tend to seek him in certain ways though We, we tend to seek him in certain worship styles you know, And the sad truth is Jesus doesn't care <laughs> if you're playing an organ or a piano for him. You know what blesses his heart? That you're playing for him. right? What parent or grandparent among you was ever disappointed with the way in which your children or grandchildren ran to your arms? It's like, Oh, no, you didn't approach me in the right way. (laughs) No. When you see them coming, your arms get wide open and you say, come on up here. Right? You know, you, you didn't say the right words when you came up. You didn't say, love you, Grandma. You know, they were showing you that they loved you by running to you. Even if they did it in a different way than they normally did or in a different way that their sibling did. It was still appreciated. God... Is not interested in what you're wearing this morning. He's not interested in what your uh, your devotional life was like this morning. What he 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 is he is simply beside himself with joy that you are even here, at all, that you've come to be with him, that you've come to worship him, and he is excited for that. He is excited for that, and so we find Jesus. Uh, No matter where we're looking for him, the scripture, the promise from scripture is if you seek me, what do you guys remember what it said? If you seek me, you will what? I mean, it's pretty clear cut. It doesn't say if you seek me in the right way, it doesn't say if you seek me with the right uh, shirt on, it doesn't say if you seek me with the right version of the Bible, it doesn't say if you seek me and you're a member of the right denomination, it doesn't say if you seek me and you served at the soup kitchen this month says, if you seek me, you will find me. And the problem is, is we oftentimes think uh, that Jesus is going to show up only in certain places and not in the ordinary places. Or we think, you know, it's easy for us to think um, uh, Jesus uh, might show up for some people, but will he show up for me? You know, I've not been living right, so he might not show up for me. When I call out his name, he might be like, no, not today. Because I am not worthy. It's easy for me to understand, like when Margie prays, yeah, yeah Jesus will answer. Because she's, she does her devotions, right? She prays over the prayer list in the bulletin. So it's easy to understand that. But I didn't pray over the prayer list in the bulletin. So Jesus might be mad at me and he might not, he might not show up for me. But in the whole time I might be having that conversation in my head, Jesus is right next to me saying, and he never stops knocking until you open the door. Never stops knocking until you open the door. Because it's not about our worthiness, it's about the worthiness of Christ. But Jesus shows up in the ordinary, in the mundane, and the one, one of the reasons we don't see him in those places is because we don't expect him there. We have elevated, if you will, his advent to the high places. The only place you can meet with Jesus is right here. The only place you can meet with Jesus is when you are standing in victory, right? Where is it that the prophet Elijah met with Jesus? Was he in the fire? Was he in the whirlwind? Was he in the earthquake? Do you remember where he was? In the shh, in the still, quiet place, this whisper, all right? When he was like, is that you, God? He was looking for him, right? He didn't find him in the high place. He didn't find him in the, the amazing, passionate place. He didn't find him in the shaking. He didn't find him in the burning. He didn't find him in the blowing. He found him in the stillness. Just stop. Now that's the other the things the scripture, Be still. And know that I am God. And that's it's kind of like a double entendre. You know, when you be still and remind yourself that he is God, know that, but also be still and then you can know that he is God. When you stop, you cease your striving. You cease your wrestling, your self-powered effort. When you be still and you know that he is God and Jesus shows up in the least likely Of places and in the least likely of people. He can show up for you while you're tending uh, to the maintenance of your house, while you're cleaning your gutters. I am so thankful that when I was cleaning my gutters last and I reached in and pulled out that rubber snake. How in the world that rubber snake got up there in my gutter, I'll never know, because there are gutter guards on there. And I pulled that rubber snake out and I screamed. A very high pitched scream, and threw that rubber snake about 40 feet, and and I'm glad Jesus was there because I somehow managed to stay on the ladder, right? And uh, and and this was this was my scream, Oh Lord, right? Ah Lord, instantly, right? And he showed up. Uh, and that's, I'll tell you another story, and you could choose to believe me or not, it's your prerogative. But I was driving to Ohio and uh, I've got a you know—a little, little toy truck that I drive, I really like it, it's my toy truck. And uh, I know the folks around here make fun of me because I don't drive a real truck, but that's all right. And I drive in my little toy uh, Colorado and uh, about halfway, between here and Ohio, it started making this real awful noise. And uh, Even while I was on the highway, it was like this in the engine. I didn't know what was going on. First, I thought, something's up with my timing chain. That's what it sounded like. I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. And so when I stopped, I got on the off-ramp, and I slowed down at the end of the off-ramp, and, and it's going, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. That's what it felt like. And then and I pulled into the Walmart parking lot and it died on me, you know. And I, oh, no. I put it in neutral and restarted it, put it in drive and, and, and got into the, the spot. And I, you, Rachel knows me. <laughs> I know just enough about cars to break them, okay? Just enough about mechanics to do it wrong. And, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do here. Jesus what am I supposed to do? Jesus, what am I supposed to do? And again, you can believe me or not believe me, but he said, go inside. This is Walmart. Some of you have a hard time believing that Jesus would show up at Walmart, but he does. He said, go in there and get an oil additive. I didn't even know what an oil additive was. I knew like stop leak. you know. That's the only thing I could think of, but... That's not what I heard. Get an oil additive. And I went back there and there was this guy and I said, do you have any oil additives? And he said, I was standing right in front of him. And <laughs> so I turned around and there they go, oh, multitude of choices. I had no idea what to, what to put in there. Jesus, which one? <laughs> which one? And instantly my eye gravitated to this box. Okay, and I went to it and I grabbed it like this one and here's my conversation but it's the most expensive one <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to buy this one but I knew I was supposed to right and then I'm walking up to the store and I'm reading it and and it tells me what it does and I'm like I have no idea how this is going to fix what's going on in my car I don't understand this cuz my mind was thinking it's not getting the 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 gas that it's supposed to get, or something—I don't know—is it a transmission thing? I don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, okay. And then I'm reading it, and it says immediate results. Immediate. I'm like, well, I hope so. You know, because if it didn't, then I was going to try and limp it back home and tell my my family I wasn't coming. And I put it—I went out there and I, I put it in. I put it just a little bit in, and then I checked the oil level because I didn't want to overfill. But the oil was just a little bit low, so I'm like, well, I'm putting it all in. So I put it all in there and uh, I got back in the truck and I'm like, well, I did what you said, right? I don't know if it's gonna work or not. How's that for Faith, (laughs) right? (laughs) Turned it on and I took off. This, my truck never sounded so smooth and quiet. It was running like butter, right? And it did the whole way there and the whole way back, no, no other weird noises or anything. While I was there, I talked to my brother-in-law about it. He said, oh yeah, you got a Chevy Colorado. I didn't know. He said, Chevy Colorado, Chevy S10. They had this thing, if they get even like a half a quart low on oil, your engine will start knocking. You know. And it really, do- he said, it's good you stopped and put oil in it, You know, because if you don't, then your, your engine will seize up. You know, it's like they really have to have that that maintained oil level. Well, I mean, I know that about cars. But he says they're particularly uh, uh, sensitive to that. Uh, But this this magic oil stuff I put in there is also supposed to help it uh, uh, run smoother. And it did. And then he said, and you also need to get yourself an AC Delco filter. And I said, yes, sir. So, (laughs) well, he used to work for an auto parts store. Uh, But anyway, and, and that's a story, you can choose to believe that or not, but Jesus showed up for me in a Walmart parking lot. My mother's washing machine quit working on her one time. And so she went and got the olive oil and she put some on her fingers and she anointed her washing machine and she prayed for it and started working again because she needed to do laundry. And apparently Jesus cares about her laundry, you know, and it makes sense because He cares about you, right? If Jesus cares about you, he cares about the things that you have to do. He cares about the normal, ordinary parts of your life. And you can ask people, there are tons of stories like that where Jesus showed up in the ordinary. Jesus showed up in the mundane. I was at my sister's church on Saturday and we spent the morning with some guys in her church uh, just singing songs and, and talking about the glory and the greatness of God. And we were there all day. And there, was just, there were eight of us there, and um, there was this man who we didn't know. Nobody knew him. He came in. He heard that we were meeting, and he came in, and he sat in the back right-hand corner. He was odd. He was weird. He was a weird guy. Okay? You've, you've seen weird people before. We don't have any weird people here. Don't worry. But, or maybe we're all weird. <laughs> but this guy was weird. And we were up there talking, and, and we tried not to make him feel uncomfortable. You know, we, we would talk to him during breaks and, and say, hey, you can come and sit with us. But he never moved from where he was. Uh, but we were talking about God and the greatness of God, and, and lots of people were talking, and, and he was just back there just writing and shuffling papers like, is he even paying attention, you know, to what's going on? Why is he here? He's really weird. And uh, at least that's the thought I had. I'm kind of judgy sometimes. And, uh, and this guy, and then he comes and he sits down with me at lunch. And he says, there's a lot of gray hair at this table, so I figure you guys are smarter than the rest of them. So I'm going to sit here. And he didn't say anything while he was there, except that. You know, so He's a weird guy. And then at the end of the day, when we were all finished, all done, and we'd prayed and we were about to go, and he said, I'd like to say something. And he stood up there in his back corner, and he encapsulated for us in about a two-minute talk everything that we had discussed. And he said it so eloquently and so beautifully that it was like, wow, that was so good. He just he talked about the high view of God and that, that if we can get this vision of God that is, that is bigger than our problems but also bigger than our strengths, that's when we're able to rest In the bigness of his love. You know, that he's there for our nights and he's there for our days. He's there for our big problems and he's there for our little problems. This guy was just like, he was just laying it on. The truth was pouring out of him. So Jesus shows up in the weird guy, right? Jesus shows up in the weird guy. If Jesus can show up in the weird guy, he can show up in you. He could show up in you while you're shopping for your eggs at the grocery store in the way you treat the cashier. He could show up for you in the way you cook your eggs for someone. Right? Are you in a hurry? Are you burning the eggs because you're in a hurry? Or are you taking your time to do it right because you love the person you're about to feed? He can show up for you uh, in the way that you... You shop online. You're like, well, how can he do that? I don't know, I'm not him. But he can, is my point. He could show up for you in the most unlikely of places and the most unlikely of people. He could show up for you while you're raising your children. He could show up for you while you're at the North Posey football game. How should you, how should you, with Jesus there, at your side, how should you yell at the ref? Should you insult the referee's heritage? Should you suggest that he go and see his eye doctor? Or should you maybe, just maybe, try and encourage him? What would Jesus say to that referee? What would Jesus say to the guy who just fouled your quarterback? What would Jesus say? In your business meeting, when someone comes up with this wonderful, amazing idea, when you hear it, you think that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. How do you gently tell that person that you're not going to accept their, their wisdom? When you're driving in your, your tractor, if you have one of those, or you're driving in your car. And I'm not just talking about when you have Caleb on. You know That's not what I mean by Jesus showing up. I mean... Are you saying, oh, Jesus, be with me as I walk to my car. Be with me as I drive, not just for my protection, but that I might be the kind of light that you've called me to be, that I might drive courteously. Don't let me be the one who cuts people off. And when I'm cut off, oh, please keep my fingers down. When I'm the one who's cut off, please let me not call them bad names. Please let me not tailgate them the rest of the way. Please let me drive in the way that you would drive. And Jesus wants to meet with you in your mundane. He wants to comfort you at the end of the long day when your feet are hurting. But he also wants to encourage you when you're getting dressed for work, when you're, when you're buying your eggs and when you're frying your eggs, when you're drinking your coffee. The promise is that if you seek him, you will find him. He doesn't say, if you seek me, here. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. But we expect him only in those places that we've elevated, right? We don't expect him in the lowly. We expect him only in the high points of our life. But that's usually not where we find him. We usually find him in those low places because that's probably where we most need him, right? Right? I didn't need him when my truck was running fine. I needed him in that Walmart parking lot, and he was there. I mean, I needed him when the truck was running fine. I just didn't think I did. But we find him when we're we're looking for him. And the text that we read today, again, an odd text for, for Advent, but to remind us that when we serve the least of these, that we've been serving him. And I could unpack that, that scripture in a hundred different ways and and find that truth. But ultimately, the thing I want you to take away is that Jesus is in those places and in those people that you least expect to find him. So we're called to expect Jesus in every part of our lives. And in order to do that, we have to open our hearts to the ordinary. You know, this morning there were all these presents that they had for the, the, the angel tree gifts were up here on the altar and there were lots of beautiful looking gifts and I threw my brown paper bag down there on those gifts and I said that doesn't look right does it if you were a kid and you walked out on Christmas morning and you you saw all these gifts and everything but your name was on one of these you'd be like alright nothing good can come out of a brown paper bag there better be some cash in there right You would already be planning your disappointment, right? Anticipation. You would anticipate that something bad is coming out of this bag. And I promised I'd show you what was in the bag, but we're first going to sing our closing hymn. And then I'll show you what's in the bag. Yeah, it's still in there. Let's stand if you're able we'll sing Good Christian Friends Rejoice.
1: Good Christian Friends Rejoice With heart and soul and voice Give thee heed to us say, news, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and ass before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Hey, Christ is born today. Good Christians, With heart and soul and voice
0: the highly expected brown bag that says on there you probably couldn't read it from where you are Merry Christmas it says Merry Christmas Uh, oh I don't know what was 15 years ago when uh, High School Musical came out on the Disney uh, made this movie called High School Musical about teenagers putting on a musical and and there's this one scene in it where they're, they're looking at the clock. And it's kind of like that, you hear that tick tock. And the teacher's going on and on and on and her voice kind of fades into this nauseating and they're all, the kids are in their seats and they're looking at this clock. And one of them goes summer, 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 summer. And the chant gets picked up, summer, summer, summer. And they're all saying summer. And then and the bell rings and all this stuff. And they, they start their big dance number. You know, If you haven't seen it, it's a good one. See, look, look back there. Austin's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that expectancy. They did, none of them knew what summer held for them. right? But they knew it was going to be good. They didn't know what it was going to be, but they knew it was better. than what they were doing at the time. And uh, this is something I made for our Christmas tree in the Warren house. And I want to share with you how Jesus can show up in the most least likely of ways for us. This is Popsicle Jesus. Popsicle stick, tongue depressor stick Jesus, I guess you could say. And he's wrapped in swaddling toilet paper on a bed of wood shavings and popsicle sticks crash. Okay. Um, if you've seen the new Toy Story movie, there's this kid makes a toy out of a spork and some bendy and, and uh, I think some chewing gum. And uh, that, that becomes a, he becomes a toy. But when he first comes to life, he says, hi, I'm trash. <laughs> right? And that's usually what we think of when we see stuff like this that's his trash. But if you look closely, there's, there's a Savior. And so Christ is born a Savior today. In the least likely of places, in the least likely of ways, maybe even as Popsicle Jesus, who did not have a beard this morning, but he has one now. Someone has drawn a beard on him. So go in peace, go and look for Jesus and you will find him. Have a good week.